Hello and welcome to another episode of the Simple Faith Podcast. My name is Dave Betts and together with my wife Sharia, we are exploring all the things that make our faith what it is. As always, we're stripping away all of those unnecessarily churchy or intellectual words. We're striving to find an authentic faith for normal people like you and me. So in this episode, I had another really great conversation with Dave Rogers, elder at Ascot Life Church, looking at a really hot topic in the church. You've probably heard people say something like this before. I definitely have, that the church is only interested in our money. Well, is that true? Well, in this discussion, we're going to do our best to take a balanced and honest and real approach to the subject of money in the church. So I'm praying that you benefit from this conversation as much as I did. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Okay, so we are back with Dave Rogers. Welcome back. You're wearing exactly the same outfit as last week, funnily enough. It's almost like we've recorded them on the same day. Yeah, well, or I've just got one jumper. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you are well known for your love of super dry. That's true. Uh, Dave, tell me a little bit about your pizza oven, because I know that's your your baby at the moment. Oh, it's my best lockdown buy, Dave. <laughs> um, I've never spent anything so much on a garden tool um as it were so we got a pizza oven in lockdown and it knocks out fresh cooked neapolitan pizzas in 90 seconds and it's become i've i love it making the dough myself choosing the toppings and what i love about it is it's a really social way of um sharing food so in fact even today i had some friends over uh, some other church leaders when we were chatting and we did it over pizza uh, because you can and because I can. So, um, yeah, I do love the pizza yeah. oven. I mean, two things there. Uh, first thing is I don't like pizza, so that's no good for me. Uh, second thing is Dave is very much like me in that uh, he doesn't ever do anything 60% or 70%. When he goes in on something, he goes all in on something. And pizza ovens is one of those things. Last week, we talked about Dave swifting. <laughs> he went all in on that. And now he's going all in on the pizza thing. It's one of the things I love about him is, uh, and one of the things that when we were working on stuff together, we would often find connection over is that when we go in on something, we go all in. So the last few weeks has been all in on live streaming stuff and just trying to step up, step up what we're doing. Uh, I love that about you, Dave. Uh, to, we've been talking about church myths and last week we talked about how um, size isn't necessarily an indicator of success. It could be, but it's not necessarily. And we have to be very careful that way. This week, one of the myths that I would love for us to talk about is that the church just wants your money. Um, if, you, if you're listening at home, I, 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 you've probably heard someone say it. If you haven't said it yourself, I've come across this so many times where people have said, well, you know, the church is just looking for an excuse to take your money. That's all they want to do. and Today, we don't have any plan. Sometimes we have kind of a structure of what we want to tick off. Today, Dave, because we've had this conversation before, because Dave and I would spend so many hours just talking about stuff like this in the office, we're just going to go for it. So, Dave, I don't know how to start this other than to say, does the church just want our money? Some churches might. Um, I would say <laughs> most churches don't. Uh, I, th I think most churches just want to be faithful uh, to God. We talked about that last week, didn't we, about faithfulness. Mm. Um, and, uh, the reality is, uh, to, to run the church as we have chosen to run them, particularly in the West, <laughs> the Western um, countries requires resources. And so whether we pay a pastor, uh, release missionaries, uh, whether we, um, employ staff, 
uh, whether we have buildings that we need to upkeep, that takes resources. And those resources most often are uh, financial ones. And so there is a sense that um, we've we've created again this um, organization, this church that is reliant on the gifts and the giving of the the um, people who are part of the church, the members of the church, so that we can keep functioning, so that we can keep running. Um, now that in itself is not a bad thing. Um, it, it, in the in the New Testament, I think Paul talks about giving. Um, a leader, their due, especially those who give themselves to the uh, preaching and teaching, uh, the, the, the giving them right honour uh, with remuneration. Uh, we see how the the priests in the Old Testament in the uh, in the temple were released from having to do day to day jobs to release them into serving the people of God in the temple, and so we've still got that principle throughout that we can release people. I think one of the things we love in Ascot. Uh, using the phrase that we want to release people for ministry, release mm. people to serve in the local church. And the way we do that is you release them financially so that they don't necessarily need to work another job to pay the mortgage or to, to raise a family. But that's because of the culture and the context of the church that we have built. There are many churches around the world where the pastor or the minister is working another job. And that's how they um, serve their family. So does the, is, does the, is the church after your money? I don't believe the church is after people's money generally. And certainly our church wouldn't have that kind of philosophy. We're not, we're not trying to get more people in the church so we can pay for my nice car because I don't have a nice car. Um, <laughs> actually, oven. what we... What, pizza oven yeah what we what we love <laughs> is to have um, the resources to enable us. So one of the greatest things that we've been able to do as a church this last year, just talking to you, Dave, is the generosity of people who've caught the vision of what we're about as a church, who who see that we um, handle our finances uh, wisely and carefully, that we're not frivolous and carefree, uh, because we understand that, that all the money co- that comes into Ascot Life Church comes from people's generosity as they give mm. uh, from a generous heart. But what it enables us to do is, is do things like send you and Shreya to Canada yeah, and release finances that allow you to bring, bring the gospel into a new context. It allows us to, to release um, interns so they can grow in, uh, in their ministry, in their discipleship. It enables us to give to those who are in need and the poor, uh, those who maybe are going through a hard time at the moment because of the pandemic. We've got resources through people's generosity that enables us to do more. It helps us to send money to our friends in different nations when they're going through famine or some of the challenges that we've been seeing through the pandemic. Um, as we as we heard a, a few weeks ago, all the things happening in India uh, with, with many people dying. So the church is here for service, to serve other people. And a good friend of mine said, who, who's um, it's actually very resource rich financially, um, he says that this is a tool that enables service. It's a tool that enables the release and the giving to build the kingdom of God. That's the goal. Unfortunately, that isn't always the way it works out um, Mm. with how people and churches use their money and how they they do that. And so um, the the problem is because giving is such a a biblical thing, 
a biblical truth. I know you've looked at what it's what tithing is and what giving uh, looks like on the Simple Faith, Faith podcast in the past. But what it what what giving uh, we see in the scriptures that what giving does um, releases, but it's very clearly there. Uh, so there is a there is a relationship between the church and people who are part of that church giving their their finances as well as their time and mm. other things. And then what's happened through history, even in the early days of the of the church. People got it wrong because money can corrupt. Money can lead us down into all different places. And um, and therefore, so there's there's a sense that for the world at large, people think, well, why, all, all they want is our money. Um, and then part of the problem that comes in is that the pastor's got a very, 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 very nice brand new car <laughs> or a brand new jet. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that, that's the stuff you can sometimes see on social media, in the news. That, that comes across um, as the church being money grabbing. Yeah, there is, I mean, that's great, Dave. There's so much there that we can dig into. So why don't we take a step back in and really dig into that first, first bit that you kind of you got to towards the end there, which is why, why is it that people think that the church wants your money? I think part of it is, as you said, uh, we've talked about this. We've talked about the, the concept of tithing on, on the podcast before. So if you're interested in hearing that, uh, head over to season one. You'll find it towards the end of season one of this podcast where we've looked at the the, the biblical mandate behind tithing. And uh, the conclusion we came to, spoiler alert, is that actually the Old Testament concept of giving 10% is not one that is relevant to us in the New Testament, as New Testament believers in the same sense. But what we are called to is outrageous generosity. We see that in Acts 2, for example, where everyone sold all their possessions and gave to everyone who had need and, and so on and so on and so on. So we are called to outrageous generosity. So there is no hard and fast rule um, that says, hey, you have to give this amount of your income, otherwise you're a failed believer. But at the same time, we are called to be outrageously generous in, in our giving. And so uh, with that in mind, it's a good thing to give your money to support the church. And when we say support the church, we're not talking about the organization that is the church. We're talking about supporting the body of Christ, the body of Jesus uh, as believers. We're, that's what we're, we're talking about. And so uh, we can get into the specifics of what that looks like. But if you push, I think, let me back up. I think if firstly, if you misappropriate that teaching on tithing, that 10% thing, and you become, and it becomes a rule, and you become legalistic about it. It will definitely seem like the church just wants your money, especially, uh, Dave. We've talked about this before, especially if you're on a low income and you are giving ten percent. That's very different to being on a high income and giving ten percent, right? Yeah, I think um, as, as you say, we've talked about that uh, in our conversations. That if if you've got this rule of the ten percent, if you're so, someone who say, let's use simple numbers, if you earn a thousand, uh, say ten thousand pounds or ten thousand dollars a year, and you're expected to give ten percent. And there's an expectation because sometimes it's taught as an expectation. This is what God says. This is what the Bible says. If you don't do it, you're bad. That's a huge amount of your whole income, and actually that can be crippling to a family. That can be um, unhelpful. And we see the widow's might, don't we, in the scriptures where she she gave all she had. This small amount. But was that was classed as massive generosity, and the other end of the spectrum. If you're on a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand pounds, and you only give, only you give ten percent, and that's your rule. Don't go above it. Don't go below it. Ten percent. Actually, that's 
that's an opportunity or can cause a, a level of stinginess and not of, not of generosity because actually what's 10 grand when you've got 90 grand to, to live now, obviously everybody spends within their means and we you always spend more than you um, when you've got more, but actually that the heart is generosity. And I think what rules do, what rules do is cause, um, cause people to be either um, crippled by them or to play them to gain from them. <laughs> Um, and so when we then start bringing rules into church in this context, the church is always after your money. Well, that's the, that's the bottom line. Oh, the church just wants 10% of my money. Whereas if the message of the church to uh, the generation and the culture out there now was, um, be generous with what you've got, be generous with your, uh, with your finances, be generous with your time uh, and those kind of things that would feel like a very different message to, to, to those looking into the church saying, actually, I can be generous. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can do that. That's not a barrier now for me to be part of this church before they're after my money. But now they're just saying, be generous. Give what you feel God stirs your heart with and will teach generosity. That feels like a very different barrier to cross than yeah. you can't be part of this church. There's, if you want to be a member, you've got to give 10%. That feels like a rule that is actually unhelpful um, in that context, Dave. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things, there's a few things there that are, that come to mind. I think you know, for me, it's it, we're not saying that the ten percent thing is wrong. Like, it's a helpful principle, and you know, you said that in the in the tithing episode, it's helpful as a principle. But when you see it as a rule, that's that's where it becomes a bit more of a challenge. Uh, I, I think also, the truth is, we've seen abuses of this, you know, of this rule. And so, Dave, you you kind of alluded to that, but you know, I've seen. Uh, examples and I've read about examples where uh, there's a wall of shame in the church and it's, you can't even it's hard to even say it where like people who aren't tithing get their name put up on the wall uh, and and are shamed and it just it's heartbreaking because oh I can't yeah imagine the the shame I mean you the intention is to cause shame but imagine that shame and guilt of uh, being put in that position you know I've, I've seen it before in 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 other churches where uh, the pastor will make comments about certain people not giving. Now, I personally strongly believe that the pastor uh, shouldn't have any idea who's giving what, because I think that can be a really dangerous thing. And we have to be we have to be very careful there. Uh, I think um, it's don't get me wrong; it's good to talk about giving. I think it, 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 it's it's a good thing to talk about it. Yeah. I think it's it can be a dangerous thing if the if the the motive behind talking about it is to guilt people rather than helping people see that it's an opportunity and it's a choice and it depends on it. You know, there's so many questions there. Like, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at financially? You, uh, that tithing or whatever the concept we call as tithing is, is a good thing. It's great to be generous. And we find that if you're generous, even when you have little, God tends to bless it. Uh, but there's no guarantee that God will bless it. It's, it's not a financial blessing. We're not talking about the prosperity gospel here. Uh, God might bless you in a different way. And, uh, Dave, in, in your context, I know that a, a long time ago, I think really probably just as you arrived at the church, there was there was quite an aversion to 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 giving to to this concept of tithing. Um, is that something that maybe you'd you want to talk about, about a little bit? Yeah, I think, well, I th I'd, probably not such an aversion, but I think the context um, was there um, people who come from other contexts where um, giving and tithing and double tithing and triple tithing was just that was the that was the language, constant language. The, the 
um, it was in a time when when uh, churches were going for big projects and really taking ground for the gospel, which was amazing. And mm-hmm. as all churches have, their their income and the ability to do things comes from the, the, the congregation. And so if you're going for something, and we've done it in Ascot, if you're going for something, you say to the church, we've got a vision, will you go with us on this journey? Um, but I think what happened uh, near us, people just were fatigued with that constant, we, we let's, let's pay this bit off, let's pay that bit off. And and that was hard, hard for people. So for us, again, this is probably before I even moved to Ascot, but um, very soon after, um, we've we've actually as a church, we don't take up a weekly hand around the basket offering um, as a church. And now when I first joined the church and became one of uh, joined the leadership team, I was like, right, we need to change this. This is a stupid idea. Just imagine all the extra money we could gain if we did a, a basket around the room. We're missing out on this amazing opportunity for people to be generous. Why are we doing that to people? And the um, other wiser, um, older elders in the church um, quite quickly shut me down <laughs> and said, well, we've got to think about the context of what we're doing. We're pastoring people. We're not. We're calling people to generosity. We're calling people to... Uh, to give into the the ministry part of, and the church was generous. People were giving into that, uh, and we were and we were constantly giving thanks for God's provision for us. But we weren't talking about our next big project. We weren't saying and and banging it, and we weren't passing a basket uh, around. And um, so obviously, I I tucked in, um, honoured my elder elders um, and their wisdom because they'd been around a bit longer than I had. And what's been amazing is God's provision and kindness. And um, we've just seen uh, God uh, provide for us over year after year after year, mm. uh, even to the point where we, we've not needed to run like big special offerings. There's just uh, availability of resources to do things. Again, like I said uh, earlier, uh, supporting to a degree you and Sharia uh, in Canada, serving different ministries around the world um, in that context. And I think what it's taught me is that um, that I'm not a salesman and I'm not trying to um, pitch for the next project and the next investment from people. I'm not I'm not like I'm not going on to Dragon's Den and trying to <laughs> it's, it's, if, if you're watching in in Canada, listening in Canada or America, it's a show. Uh, we have where it people here. Going, oh, you do. OK, well, you go and ask yeah. for money for your investment. Shark Tank. To invest. Shark Tank. Yeah. We're, that's not what the church is. We're not after people's investment. We're after people giving to the, the the mission of the church, and we've just seen God's provision and uh, uh, in that. So, so that's how we do it. And um, I've learned to, to trust God in that. And um, I don't have to whoop up a crowd. I just have to give thanks that God has provided, and He provides mm. through His people. That's the that's the humbling thing, Dave. Is uh, God's provision through his people. And that's why I can see it being an issue if you, if, if you have a, a sense that the church is always after our money because yeah. it puts a barrier. It, it causes, it causes, it can cause hurt and it, and it can cause people to not enter the kingdom of God. And that is, that's shocking. Our, yeah. our way we handle money, the way that the church handles money as a church particularly is so important uh, to the world at large to see how we use the resources that people who may not be earning a lot, give generously into. Um, yeah. And so that's why I feel very uncomfortable with the, pro- well, not uncomfortable, 
It's why I would vehemently oppose the prosperity gospel, uh, which I think is heresy and and yeah. and not of God. But it is also how I, I feel uncomfortable with um, pastors in mansions and um, driving the latest uh, Tesla. Bad example. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but th- this is people. We're released as as ministers by people's generosity, and our heart is to serve and. Um, we're called to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. It's not about our comfort. It's about our yeah. character. And so I think part of the problem has come from that prosperity gospel. I think um, it's come from the crusades where people are asking for money to make it happen. And don't get me wrong, some of the motivation's good because they want to reach more people, but it just comes across in a way that doesn't look good to the yeah. world outside. Yeah, great, Dave. I, I think, you know, a lot of my feelings about this have come from what I've learned from previous churches, but particularly when I was on staff with you. And I think that was really profound for me. There's, there's two things I want to share. And I might have talked about these in the tithing episode. So I apologize in advance if I'm repeating myself, but I think it's important that we talk about it. First is an experience. I went on a road trip through the States with some friends of mine, and we stopped at a very famous church. I'm not going to tell you which church it is, but it was a, a well-known church. And we were walking through the, the parking lot and uh, we saw this cordoned off area with a bunch of sports cars and it was a conference was happening. So, um, so someone, my friend said, Oh, what do you think that's for? And I said, Oh, you know, it's, it's probably a car show uh, or it's just the, it's just the pastor's cars um, kind of as a, as a joke. And as we walked past the parking lot, we saw the sign and it was literally the staff cars there were like Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all that stuff. I just couldn't believe it. Um, you know, so that stuff is real. And you can understand why you would think that the church just wants your money if that's, that's the staff parking lot. That blew me away. Um, but I think what I found, oh, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much. This is a hobby horse for me a, a little bit. Uh, firstly, we've talked about the, the principles behind tithing and why I feel passionately about that. Secondly, I think what I'd say is that uh, I worked at a church beforehand i've worked at a few churches beforehand uh before i came to ascot where money was tight and the giving the offerings were regular <laughs> and then i've worked at two churches since that don't take up an offering money is money is god always provides and the offerings are rare and i can't help but see a correlation there that when there are lots and lots of offerings and when you talk about money a lot all the time the giving doesn't seem to be as strong i think it's there's this idea that the more you talk about it, the more people are going to give. I don't think that's true in today's world. There's a number of reasons for that, which brings me on to my next point, which is why are we handing out offering baskets in the 21st century? Like, I, I just think it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me that we would be passing out baskets for people. I mean, of course we're in COVID right now, so people aren't doing that so much, but like, why are you handing out something for people to put cash? Who, who carries cash anymore? Like, I don't remember the last time I held any cash in my hands. Uh, so I'm not going to put my credit card in there, but I, I am going to e-transfer my money every month. I'm going to transfer it from what, my bank to the church bank. Why would I need a basket? I can't, I, a basket doesn't do anything. All it does, in, in my view, is it, it guilt trips people who are new to the church, who don't understand uh, the concept of giving and maybe haven't arrived at that place uh, naturally by the Holy Spirit kind of leading them to give. Or it, it guilt trips people who know that they should be giving and then they get resentful about it. The, the reality is in the church, you don't have to tell people to give for them to recognize that it's a good thing to give. Some people, maybe you do. 
if you're a church that's seeing hundreds of people come to know Jesus and they have no concept of saving, of, of, of tithing rather, maybe you have to speak on it a bit more. But like, if you're seeing five people saved a year in a church of two or 300, you don't, you don't need to be constantly saying every single week about the importance of giving, because trust me, they probably know. And if they're not giving, it's, there's, it's either because they're not there spiritually and you need to help them spiritually to a place where they love Jesus enough to want to give everything they have for him. Or it's because they don't trust what you're spending the money on, in which case you need to think about what you're spending your money on. Um, maybe don't buy the Lamborghini or don't go on that trip, you know, those kinds of things. Right. Um, so uh, that would be my my hobby horses. Uh, to be clear, doesn't mean that just because a church talks about offer, offerings a lot and talks about giving a lot, it doesn't mean that they're a bad church. Uh, it just means that there are some churches that perhaps get it wrong. Uh, but but I feel really passionately that the less we talk about it, the more God will speak about it because we'll give him the space to speak about it rather than taking up all the the, the wavelengths, I guess. But that's that's just a, a personal gripe of mine. But yeah, Dave, I wonder, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it it, it reminds us where God sits in our life and who's Lord. I think the um, the phrase, the Hebrew Raises Jehovah Jireh, uh, God the Provider, um, and um, He will prompt people. And I've seen it. I've seen it with with um, stuff, and we had it in our own lives where where someone just pops up with a gift, and it's anonymous, and you don't know where it's come from. Or um, you yourself think, actually, I'm just going to pop round and give something to that person because I know it's going to bless them. And it's it's not done publicly; it's done quietly. And um, I don't need to do an offering so that I can look like a good leader when loads of money comes in. Um, that's 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 not the point. But and I've seen other other leaders who've done it so humbly, and God has just re- um, just raised remarkable amounts. But it's all tied in with faithfulness and vision again. Um, what the vision is, what is God doing in the church at that time? Um, it's not fe- it's not um, fueling or creating a. a extravagant lifestyle for the pastor mm. or the leaders or the staff team it's, it's this is about we're 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 servants um we, we're we're here to wash people's feet and to care for the poor and if if i'm getting if if i'm getting money that is unnecessary and that's costing someone who needs it that i don't feel comfortable with that myself um and i i know we're i'm so grateful to be released uh financially to be able to serve the church it's a privilege I don't ever want it to be an expectation and um, become complacent with it. I think, um, I think you're right from a pastor's point of view. I think if um, I personally agree that the a church pastor shouldn't know who gives what. I think um, if you've got a, a finance team that can raise alerts, if if some, for example, if someone stops giving, um, actually a, a short conversation with someone not through the pastor maybe or with it depends how you do it to say is everything okay we've noticed that you stopped giving you might find out that someone's been made redundant or lost their job or something's happened so you can pass to them through it but i, I don't want to know who is the most generous giver in our church or the least generous giver i i, I think that's that protects me from partialism mm-hmm. if i'm honest dave i think there's so much room in our society in our world for the um if you know who's really gen- who gives lots of money 
So this might not be about generosity. This just might be about the amount. <laughs> if you knew a breakdown, if I knew a breakdown of everybody and how much they gave and and what what that, I, I might behave differently to different people. I might invite the people who are rich around to my house for dinner more um, because I think, oh, okay, make sure they're on side because we've got a big mm. project coming up. Um, and I think it causes the sin of partiality. Is it James that talks about it in his letter? Um, forgive me if, I, if that's wrong, but we're, we're called to not have partiality. And I think money and wealth can cause that. And I've had to check my own heart in the past on this. Am I, am I super friendly to the rich person and less interested in the person who may not have the same resources? And I think, again, that ties it into the issue that you're talking about, Dave, about the church is after your money, because actually pastors can behave unhelpfully mm. and they can call people out. I think uh, I couldn't imagine it, but to call someone out because they've not given have without maybe doing the investigation, is there everything okay? Um, those kind of things I think is, I'll say it, I think it's bad pastoring and mm. it's unhelpful for building a church of trust. Um, and forgive me, that's just my opinion. That's not the opinion of many or every pastor. That's just my personal opinion is we've got people who are released on our, on, in our church to handle the finances. We've got a, a board of trustees who are there to ensure that how we as, as leaders invest and use the money in the kingdom of God, a check in it so it's done wisely and carefully. Mm. Uh, we we are open with our finances to the church. So this is where we're looking at doing. This is how we're looking to resource and release the the finances that you've given us. Um, and we've had uh, we had those opportunities to say, let's just trust it to God. Let's just trust this to Him. To let Him uh, speak to people in their hearts about their giving. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get on with serving. I'm just going to get on with building um my little part uh where i am in ascot and serving him and so i uh, yeah so lots in there dave i know but i think this whole thing of of money um causing um can cause corruption can cause sin um when it's when it's church's finances mishandled and power can can take over and unfortunately we see that in the in the news in the church news anyway of how that happens and it's it's desperately sad um but i think almost worse than that is the is partiality to the people that we're called to pastor and, and care about um yeah the widow's might is just as powerful as the millionaire's extravagant gift mm -hmm. both are extravagant both are are building in hopefully to the the kingdom of god and to the church and so again if you're looking for a church if you're in a church I would ask how how does your church handle uh, the, the the conversations around finance? How does it handle the giving? Um, are they are they generous themselves? Um, and 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 so into a church with generosity and wise um, leadership around um, money. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'd add to that if you're if you're a pastor and someone complains that the church only wants their money, then assess yourself <laughs> do a quick assessment of how your church is handling finances ask yourself why people might feel that way and if you're a member of your church and you feel like the 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 church just wants your money have a conversation with your pastor maybe you've misread maybe you've misunderstood what they're saying maybe you've misheard their heart 
Um, or maybe they'll say something that you're not super pumped about. And that's a question, you know, that's a different conversation there where things get a bit more difficult. You might have to figure out, you know, is this the, the church I want to be at or so on. I think to summarize kind of where we've been, uh, what we're saying is, does the church only want your money? Well, no, <laughs> no. From a biblical point of view, that is obviously not the case. But we understand that sometimes it can feel that way because of uh, either abuses in the church or uh, a, sp- a particular emphasis on on giving that sometimes may appear that way, may feel that way. And what we're saying is actually giving is a really good thing. It's, it's good. We're called to be outrageous givers. That, But if you feel pressured to give, I mean, there's that passage in Corinthians that says God loves a cheerful giver. And sometimes that's even used to pressure people into give, <laughs> which is ironic. <laughs> but um, But God does love a cheerful giver. And again, you can listen to our episode on tithing to talk a bit more, uh, to listen a bit more about what we what we think about that basically what we're saying is a, it's a helpful principle but it's not a strict rule what we're called to be is generous and uh yeah if you're if, if you're feeling that your church is maybe overdoing it with the giving have a conversation <laughs> it's okay and we've personally found um in both of our contexts that we don't take up offerings anymore and god provides why because most people know there's a great thing to give so um yeah uh, anything else to add to that before we we finish up there dave i think you're right the the issue for people looking at churches and thinking the church is after the money, we have to we have to put our hands up and say, in the in his throughout history and even now, there is there are churches that bring almost the gospel into a level of disrepute. I think in the way that they've handled this, and this might not be now, but over the years, over over the past years, and and it set us up uh, for that. And we and we know you can't um, rewrite history, but you can change the future and you mm. can show that actually we're trusting in a God who will provide for his church. He will build his church. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. And um, if we're faithful with the little, if we're faithful with what God has given us, if we use it wisely and carefully, sowing into the kingdom of God, sowing into uh, people's lives, then we can trust God to provide. And if we, if our vision and our mission is aligned with God's vision and mission, he will provide for for that. Um, why why does God provide in churches that we might disagree with? That's God's call. That's God's call. Would do other churches do it differently to us? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do we agree all the time? No, we don't. But we're not God, and we can trust Jesus to build His church, and He does it through uh, flawed people like us. And we just have to be wholehearted with our giving and with our use of of those. Um, offerings when we're looking at serving uh, building the kingdom around us and serving the people who are part of our church those who give generously those who give with no strings attached those who just sow into the kingdom and I think that is a really key uh, part of what we get to do as pastors and if you're a member of a church look I I would say look for people with that kind of heart look for people who who want to use the resources that God has released for his kingdom and not their own gain. Uh, Dave, that's so good. Thank you again, as always. Uh, it's never quite black and white with a lot of these issues. There are some black and white issues, but so many of them are kind of gray. And what really matters is the heart. Not so much. There isn't so much a, here's a right answer and here's a wrong answer. You can choose not to take an offering and your heart could still be in totally the wrong place and you could still be missing the mark. Or you could take up every, offerings every week and be totally God honoring in all that you do. That's great. What we're saying is, uh, money is is a helpful thing for the church to serve, 
but uh, to serve you and to serve the community around you. But actually, we we want to trust in God and not in the giving of uh, our congregation. God will provide, like you said, Dave. So, yeah, Dave, thank you so much. It's great to have you in your pizza loving oven. <laughs> stuff as well great thanks, thanks for, for being me, Dave. <laughs> it's just a, a treat it's always a treat to be able to catch up we used to have these conversations every day so it's great to be able to have them in a recorded format uh, hopefully you found it helpful uh, at home um or again wherever you are i don't know why i always say at home but uh if you've been listening to this and you found it helpful and you have some questions or comments uh do get in touch with us via social media on instagram or facebook or youtube even at simple faith podcast or send us an email at simple faith podcast at gmail.com uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, next week we're going to talk about one more church myth and that's that there is only one way to do church funnily enough the <laughs> answer is probably hinted here that it isn't really black and white but we'll get there we're gonna we're gonna dig into that a bit more um, until then have a wonderful week and we will speak to you very soon bye bye